Gather round, children. The Earth was destroyed by a great war. I was programmed to protect you. And now, we start again. Does anyone know the story of the three little pigs? second part of our coverage on Raised by Wolves. It's been a little while since we've covered the first three episodes, and in that episode, it was myself, Jamie Prater, and my co-hosts, Dan Fairlito and Patrick Green, and they stopped watching the show um, and weren't as interested to finish, and I was very interested in finishing the show, and I had a lot to say about it, so I felt like it was time to come back around and I bumped into an old partner of mine, Ryan Zaid, and I asked him, hey, would you like to do a part two of a Race by Wolves coverage episode? And he was like, sure. So welcome, Ryan Zaid. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be back. It's been a long time. It has. And uh, for those of you don't, who don't know, Ryan was my partner on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. He was fundamental in starting with me and Patrick Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. The title comes from Ryan, so mm -hmm. we pay royalties. <laughs> <to everybody. laughs> um, Darn right. So thanks. <laughs> we pay three hundred a month. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Ryan, for coming on the show. It's great to be back with you and talk about this. Yeah, uh, I'm thanks. curious. Of course, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, what when you heard about the show? What were your thoughts? Like, what were you thinking? You know, I didn't know a whole lot about it. I remember seeing the trailer for it and immediately I could tell that this was, I knew it was a really Scott production. I could tell immediately that it looked like it had strong ties to Prometheus and Alien Covenant. And I was really intrigued. I thought it might actually, you know, uh, narratively tie into those movies. Um, but, but just visually and just the concept of it, I was... Uh, it was very interesting to me. So, so yeah, I was, uh, ended up, you know, I was really looking forward to it and just to see where it went. Um, and then uh, saw the first couple episodes that were directed by Scott. And I thought it was again, really interesting. Uh, I loved the, the two lead characters, mother and father. And yeah, it was just, uh, it was really fascinating. Just again, beautiful to look at really high production values that you would expect from a, from a scot-free production. So yeah. So those are my initial impressions of it for sure. 
Now, did you watch it every week when they released, or did you, did it take you a little bit longer to finish them? No, actually, yeah, I watched them. Not I didn't always watch them like the day they were re- released, but I did watch, uh, yeah, every week pretty much as they yeah. came out, and and it kind of uh, it got went from really interesting to really bizarre <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah, but, it did. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I had seen the first three episodes, like I was saying with Pat. Uh, well, and we discussed them. I discussed them with Patrick and, and Dan. Right. Um, and then I think every week they're releasing three episodes. Um, yeah. Well, then, I think, I think, it, yeah. Or, or was it two? I don't know, maybe one or okay. two. I think it was okay. two. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. what, what really stood out to you in terms of what was working? Well, Amanda Collin was amazing. I think oh, yeah. she's a great actress and she, you know, no matter what I thought of how the narrative was going, I thought she did a great job and really sold me on her character. And I, uh, and it, you know, besides that father too, although they kind of got away from what I liked about him, you know, towards the end or kind of in the middle and the end of the, the first season. And then, um, again, the visuals were, uh, it was a great show to look at, uh, just like Prometheus and Covenant. More Prometheus um, than Covenant, but they were both very visually uh, visually interest, interesting and just aesthetically pleasing. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess that was kind of like the main things that stood out to me. Um, you know, in terms of what I thought was positive. So, yeah. I would agree with you about Amanda Collin. I think that she stole every scene that she was in, Mm -hmm. even though things seemed to be a little bit confusing as they went along and a little bit coherent, lack of coherence. uh, I really felt like her performance was dynamic. It was really amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I don't, I, I, as the, you know, I think the outset as I approach as I've been thinking about how to talk about this, because I don't want to turn this into this overtly critical thing, but I, I don't, in in large part, I don't think that the show was successful narratively. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I do, I do love the, the idea, like you have this idea of raised by wolves. What, it, what would it be like for AI to raise human children? What, mm-hmm. How would those children turn out? And in my opinion, that never materialized they never really explored that you had Mm -hmm. um campion who was the little boy that was successful and there was some stuff going on with him but he he should have been uh a little bit more front and center and i think let me say it this way i was looking forward to seeing a show where ai genderless emotionless ai was raising children what kind of mm-hmm. children do, does ai raise do they right. end up being sociopaths so, sociopaths do uh do some of the children uh are they raised and they their humanity blossoms because that's in our nature that's what happens right. what what is that like and it's it it would be I thought it would be interesting because I think about like, obviously there's biblical ideas happening in the show. And you think about the idea of a Cain and Abel and a uh, Cain killing Abel and that very fundamental Bible story. And you could have mm-hmm. a, uh, a setup where these kids are being raised and maybe one kid kills another kid. Um, right. Yeah. Um, and that's a product of being raised by 
uh, droids that have no emotion that maybe try and emote here and there, um, mm-hmm. but they don't. And what are like what would you like what would you do if, say, in the real world, you're raised by a mother who just didn't ever seem feeling, who never right. was very warm? How would that affect your life? And we probably know people like that in our. Uh, so I was really expecting mm-hmm. and hoping the show to explore those things, but they didn't. It didn't, and it it went off into these very grand atheism versus religion um, ideas. And it kind of, I got really confused. Even that, you know, that as you were talking about that, even the whole atheism versus religion thing never really materialized much for me either. It was just kind of this, it was sort of, it was this interesting subplot that they, that they kind of initialized and then they just kind of, I don't know, it was, it's like they didn't go very deep with it. I, I think they more wanted to explore mother and these conflicting feelings in her and wanting to go to that uh that pod and connect into that like virtual reality world and um and see you know visions of her you know her creator and things like that and are we doing spoilers in this i'm not sure but people, people yeah. are listening you Spoiler know alert. Okay. we're okay. gonna yeah. talk about it it's been about uh, i think it's been at least a month since the last show came out so. right yeah so you know, and she kind of falls for a creator and ends up, you know, making love to him in the simulation and then kind of, and then somehow getting impregnated. And, you know, they, they kind of seem to want to explore that more. And then, but in, and obviously the other storyline that I was a lot less interested in was uh, the one with Marcus and his wife. And, you know, Marcus is slowly kind of losing his mind and, I just didn't think, uh, well, first of all, I just didn't think, um, what's his name? Uh, Travis Fimmel was, did a very good job in that role. And just, it just wasn't, he didn't really sell it very well to me. And I, but yeah, it just, it's kind of like they, they started these branches of subplots and they just didn't kind of go with it. They didn't like, they weren't like secure and like, Hey, let's just take this and really focus and devote, you know, a couple episodes or something, really kind of write some, you know, very compelling dialogue and build the characters and kind of explore this narrative, uh, you know, more thoroughly. It just like they kind of just, I don't know, it just didn't go deep enough to me. It didn't go, it wasn't, just wasn't compelling. And they, Again, in the way it ended, it was just like a major like WTF, like what? And uh, it was just, I kind of, you know, ended the last episode, just I was frustrated. You know, I was like, man, there's so much potential in the show and so much they could have explored. And again, like you said, the, the genderless mother, you know, genderless droid parents and how the kids would grow up and there's just so many interesting ways they could have gone with the show. And I just felt like they, they just didn't, didn't commit to like really exploring stuff, you know, and really uh, getting down to the meat of it. It was just, yeah, it's more like they just threw ideas out and then they just kind of ended it with this really kind of ridiculous scenario. And um, 
and it kind of it just sort of lost me there at the end i mean i'm still i'm still interested and i will probably watch at least the first few episodes of season two because i do want to see if they how they roll with it if they kind of course correct a little bit or if they if if something more interesting comes along or in, in, in the narrative um i do i'm just i mean i'm interested to see you know more of amanda collins character and also a father and see it in their relationship and dynamic but uh but yeah just it's just skewed off in this bizarre direction for me so yeah, yeah i would agree with you uh, i think part of it for me was the main characters initially were mother and father and i mm-hmm. had a they seemed to start bickering early on right um yeah disagreeing with maybe decisions that mother was making and father seemed subservient to her and that was odd to me that he was subservient um but aside from the subservience i was like why are these androids bickering why are Mm -hmm. they looking at each other with suspicion the first of all they shouldn't be talking with their mouths their 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 um technology should they should be bluetooth syncing or whatever technology that they would be using Mm. to speak those droids should be speaking without talking of course in a way that we the audience could understand um but Mm. then as they went along and i just saw them bickering and one of them sort of betrays the other i was like these aren't droids these are humans there's nothing droid like about them and then like with father obviously father is male played by an Mm african-american man or an african-british man Um, right and I don't mean to be like specific, but obviously you could tell like with his suit, you know, like he was obviously gendered male. He had like, you know, uh, in that skin tight suit, you could see like their genital region or whatever. And I was kind of like, why? Yeah, do he they had have- a wang. <laughs> <laughs> and I was curious, like, why does he have that? For what reason? Mm. What's he yeah. doing with it? He wouldn't mm-hmm. need it. Um, it's not like it just seemed. And it's one of those things I think. And I'm sure maybe everyone's like this to a certain degree. When something starts stops working in a show, every other things stop working as mm-hmm. well. For instance, there was a very interesting subplot happening of um, that guy with the helmet on his head who was a prisoner, um, and he had oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. raped mm-hmm. the girls in right. cryo sleep, mm-hmm. and um, so he's introduced into the show. It's very intriguing. He seems intriguing and mysterious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gets killed and you don't ever hear, you never see him on mass. He's never important. Yeah. Um, there was a, a a moment where he starts sort of taking power from or He starts feeding off mother because she's mm-hmm. having intra, like a, a drug, uh, a blood transfusion or whatever. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, yeah. But he then all of a sudden, like he's like superhuman. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, oh, like, I've got her power, and I'm thinking, but she's a droid. What of her power? Yeah. How would you get a droid's power? Like, how would that make you Incredible Hulk? I, I right. just didn't understand it. Um, yeah. And then they crushed his head and they threw him down the hall. Um, yeah. And I was like, there was no payoff there. There was no. There was no point to this character. There was nothing even. Yeah. And I, that sense that you were talking about, like by the end, you're like felt like it was lacking with that character. I was like, man, that could have been so potentially really interesting. It could have been a reveal for something. Maybe he didn't. Maybe these girls were impregnated by AI. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're using him as a scapegoat. 
but none of that materialized, and he just was this throwaway character, and it was problematic for me. Um, it, yeah. It, it angered me that I could never see him, or not that I even couldn't just never see him. He just wasn't even important. No, he had he made he was not important at all to that film, um, right? Or to that show. Yeah, yeah. It was just it just seemed very unfocused. The show it just they it's like they just kind of threw ideas out there and went with it a little bit, and they're like, yeah, no, let's let's do this, or like he's trying to throw too much into even ten episodes. It was mm-hmm. like too much, too many threads, and it would have been better to cut cut down on some of the subplots and just really take the time to explore you know less things more thoroughly more specifically mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i think that would have helped the show out even if i didn't like the direction they went with with things i would have appreciated it more if they if they were more confident and gave more respect to some of the story storylines in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just yeah if a show if you if it's like a jackson pollock painting where you're just like throwing throwing <laughs> stuff up on the wall and trying to see like what works i i mean it just uh i don't know it just loses me it's same same as in uh it's harder to do in a two-hour movie but you can do that and that's i think it's even worse in a movie mm-hmm. um because you have less time and you're trying to throw all this stuff uh, out on the screen and it's just uh it just becomes uh it's easy to lose an audience that way that's why i think it would have been a more simple story i think would have been better i would agree and, I would yeah agree. uh one of my favorite uh, moments or scenes in the film in the show is when mother is talking to that droid like the doctor droid and he's yeah. kind of hung mm-hmm. up and she's there he's learning about her and she's he's teaching her about herself too like mm-hmm. he's explaining things um he kind of has a shaw moment too because he's like i'm telling this to you because i was programmed to or i believe right. this because i was programmed to and i was like well that's a very elizabeth shaw thing to say elizabeth shaw for right. anyone who doesn't know is the main character or one of the main characters from prometheus mm-hmm. um and to your earlier point it, there is a lot in common with prometheus whether it's a shot that they used from prometheus um to the even the aesthetic design and one of the problems i had not problems i think the show looks really good however Mm -hmm. i don't think it looks much different than what ridley scott has been doing lately because he's bringing the same crew over and over and they're making the same choices for the visuals where it's got that like contrasty metal feel like it's kind of right. these, mm-hmm. these silver grays and these mm-hmm. black blacks, kind of monochromatic, and that's what mm-hmm. a lot of his work has looked like lately. And it's kind of boring mm-hmm. to me. And it, oh, but yeah. not just boring. I've like I've I've seen this before, and I felt like, well, this is what happens when you bring the same people over and over, and you're sort of this mm-hmm. production house. And I had wished the aesthetics of the show looked a little bit different. I wish it looked. I wish it was a little warmer, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more aesthetically accessible because you have the story the storyline or several storylines that don't seem that coherent or accessible and the visuals aren't that accessible either it's very yeah. monochromatic silvery grays um and you know there's p- points when they're at their little hovel in the encampment and there's more it's more um uh earth toned mm-hmm. um but still it's kind of monochromatic um but i I was looking the entire time. I was looking for an entryway 
to connect because that's what I do. I connect with characters and I couldn't mm -hmm. find one. I just wasn't able to find one. And I was disappointed because yeah. I wanted to love it so much. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And going back to, it, I mean, it seemed like Scott and the production crew wanted to tie it as closely to like the feel and aesthetic of Prometheus and Covenant without, I guess, without getting sued. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, you know, it was so, uh, yeah, again, just brought the same kind of uh, sort of uh, visuals over, same kind of feel. And it, yeah, it would have benefited, I think, from being a little bit more of a departure from that. I think, uh, and yeah, and again, like you said, bringing over the same crew and probably talking about the you know, how we can kind of emulate parts of the Alien series in the show, even though, as you know, I was talking before we recorded, uh, Aaron Gizikowski, he he had some quote, and uh, I don't have it directly, but he basically said that, or he was asked, you know, is is this show, where, did you guys think about the, the Alien series or Prometheus at all while you were making it? And he's and he responds with this very kind of uh, naivete. It was just like, eh, you know, I don't think we ever really thought about it while we were making the show. And I was like, come on, man, are you serious? <laughs> there's no way. Like, there's so many, so many aesthetics, so many pl even plot points and imagery that was so close to the series, to the Alien series and the prequels, uh, prequel films. And to me, it was just, it was like, you're like teasing the audience, but at the same time, uh, you know, oh no, but this is our own original thing. And I don't know, it was just, again, that was another thing that just didn't really pay off well. And I, I remember even in the last episode with the, you know, with mother's mouth burster and the, and the lamprey coming out and that whole sequence, I was just thinking, this is like, this is very similar to like the Shaw scene, you know, and, um, even though there's no med pod, but there's like a lot of similarities to how, to what happens to mother and her reaction. And, and, uh, you know, again, um, the, the thing with the, the helmet that looks like a, it's like a biomechanical helmet and you open up the helmet, there's a, uh, you know, the head inside and, uh, this, you know, a, a being that kind of looks like a, an, an engineer at one point, um, maybe kind of like a, a primitive sort of a smaller version, but still you can see the similarities there. And and it was just, is like he wanted to bring in uh, people, not only to work on the, on the show, but bring in audience from his fans, from his uh, prequel movies and Alien. And like kind of like, oh, see, look at these kind of parallels, but you know, it, it, to me, it just didn't go anywhere. And it was sort of a letdown. You know, I, I, again, I wish it was, I, I wish it was just something completely, a complete departure, you know, and then you get the white blood with, with the androids and things like that. It's just, uh, you know, you gotta be kidding if, you know, if they, if they say, or you're like, eh, I don't know, we didn't really think about the Alien series at all. <laughs> we were making it. And, 
I don't know. It was just, uh, it was another point of frustration for me to, um, to do that, you know, just, it, they should have been more original with it. Yeah. I would yeah. agree. I mean, when I first saw, I mean, I had asked a friend of mine who worked on the show, is mm-hmm. there any parallels? And he's like, well, it's not directly connect, connected to Alien. I said, so there is a connection? And he was like, oh, um, you know, and he didn't say any more. Um, no. Of course, I finally watched the show, and you see the, the elephantine um, yeah. helmet, and the, and then the, the engineer, and then, um, and I'm thinking, like you, there's just no way. And, okay, maybe there's not a narrative connection, but it's definitely a design connection. There's mm-hmm. a similarity between these designs and i guess it was an android head inside inside this helmet where's that android from Mm -hmm. how old is this we don't know any of these things and then then the creature who actually i think those four-legged creatures those white creatures they were de-evolving back into the original remember when they're talking about like no they're de-evolving and i was like what like right yeah so they're i would think it's it's like they used to be engineer-like, and then now over thousands of years, they've kind of de-evolved into these four-legged monsters. Five, yeah, five-foot-tall, four-legged um, monsters. Yeah, it was just. Uh, it's like they th- even took plot threads and like, well, let's reverse it or let's like twist it a little bit, like what we did and what you did in Prometheus or Covenant, and I, I don't know, but um, yeah, it was just like. I, I it, again another point of frustration just thinking about it like uh just uh yeah yeah our friend yeah. uh mitch mitchell because when i was mm-hmm. talking about it on facebook or somewhere saying hey i think there's a connection here between alien and of course i had other people saying no there's no connection there's no connection at all there's none there's none there's none and then mm-hmm. again talking to my friend who was like well i mean i knew obviously <laughs> that there was some type of connection and right I said, and he said, if there's no connection, they were just lazy with this design. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I think that was kind of the contention that I had. Like, if these shows or films or universes aren't connected, then why do these things look so similar to things that we've seen before? Why aren't they mm-hmm. their own mythology? Why do they look so similar to things we've seen before? Why is their blood white? Why is uh, that helmet look like an... Uh, uh, an engineer helmet. Why does that mm-hmm. creature look like an, uh, uh, a primitive engineer? It even had the ridge and the nose mm-hmm. and the like that David kind of right. quality. And he was mm-hmm. white. Like, why do these look so similar to things that we've seen before? Um, that's confusing. And knowing that people who follow mm-hmm. Ridley Scott, like we do, we love his work. We're going to see what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, we're you know, we're going to be interested in this. And uh, that's a big question I have. And I don't even think the inclusion of those design choices are bad right i just think that they're they're kind of like a head scratcher like why'd you do this for what reason Mm -hmm. because it because it makes you think and it makes you go off into this other direction but and the problem also is there's so much going on in the show and i think um i had a i would for me mother's pregnancy was problematic um, cause mm-hmm. I guessed, I guessed she was going to get pregnant. I just knew, I just, oh, knew. Okay. I just felt yeah. like this, you know, something's like, you know, they can't resist mother getting pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. and then her first reaction was like, I don't want it, you know? And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. wait a minute, you just raised, tried to raise six children. 
Of course mm-hmm. you want this. Um, mm-hmm. So it didn't really make sense to me um, that she didn't want the pregnancy. And then finally, when she mouth bursts the lamprey or eel or whatever that thing is, I was like, what in the Sam hell is this show even about? <laughs> and then it like does, it glides off in the forest. And I, right, yeah. I, I just felt like it became campy garbage mm-hmm. at that point, like really well made. I don't, want to call the whole show garbage it's not my intent to right. sit here and overly bash it but i was laughing by that point um yeah i, I do think the mouth bursting was it in, was intense though it was intense mm-hmm. what she was going through um and i was curious what she was going to have i wrote a novella a few years back uh, about android and android having a human child um and i thought well this that, would yeah. be interesting if she has this like hybrid android human baby or whatever and of course they didn't do that which i was kind of relieved at because that was my idea no no i'm sure um i was well yeah um just an aside that was another thing that bothered me because i was i felt the whole android getting pregnant thing i mean i was like dude you guys just took that from blade runner 2049 another really scott production like and they did it way better in that movie um than the show and uh, it was just another like lazy writing to me is i and again you even uh, even you predicted this pregnancy thing was going to happen i'm sure a lot of people did and because it's just it to me it's just not original you know it's not it's taking ideas and um and just again more stuff thrown on the wall that they just didn't really explore very well and yeah so yeah and to rewind from that i i think when she's having her i don't know if there are visions or she's in memories of campion the the creator or whatever he is i'm not really sure and then she oh, ends up right. having sex with him and this this really interesting visual actually of them having sex and they're floating but i also mm-hmm. felt like why did you do this why did you need to include a sex scene with this why did you need to include a sex scene with this female android why couldn't you have mm-hmm. left that alone the show didn't need it it didn't need that and i felt like it was kind of a little bit predictable like oh look he's having sex with the the girl android that he made and i was i i love the idea of a necromancer and that she was very powerful i really did mm-hmm. like i thought that was great but they didn't really explore that too much um right and I guess, like, why were they made? What were they? I mean, I, I know that they were on Earth and they were made by the, the, uh, the, what were the religious people called? The Mithraic? Mithraic, yeah. Yeah, Mithraics. so those, they were made by the Mithraics to fight the atheists for whatever reason. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's right. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, that was interesting, but why would the Mithraics make these droids? female um presenting for what reason right why would they Mm -hmm. create breasts and this body for what Mm -hmm. reason there would be no plausible reason that you would make killer androids that look like women um right it was just Mm -hmm. a strange aesthetic choice to me um Mm -hmm. and then of course i i think it's interesting i think it would have been more interesting if again if these droids were genderless but she is called into sentient sent, mm-hmm. sentient sent, sent, to be sentient is to be sort of conscious so she's right. called into consciousness and her own awareness as the show goes on 
before she's just sort of this droid that does whatever and she's all programming and all coding and all that. But then she's reprogrammed. She's reprogrammed to save humanity. And I think that's a very interesting idea to go off to another planet and save humanity. Um, but I, I thought it would be interesting if her journey to consciousness, to her own consciousness and her own sense of who, she, who it is as a droid would have been explored, but they didn't. She was just this girl droid, uh, this woman droid, I should say. And there didn't seem to be any reason that she was female. I want to know right. why she was female. Um, why they felt mm -hmm. like they needed to make these. And maybe it's because the kids needed this father figure, this mother figure. Um, but if they're droids, who cares? Like, I, There's just a lot of questions that I have. And it's not like, oh, I'm excited to see it in the next season because I probably won't watch next season. It was just <laughs> kind of like, this is not working for me. What What is this? And and then there's, there's the minutia, like... Um, there are these really high-powered androids who can't seem to find runaway kids. Um, they don't have like right. heat signals that they can see where these heat signals or are. X-ray vision type yeah. Of thing. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Or mother can't like when she's flying find these kids. She looks. She flies up. She has a hard time. And then the kids are being poisoned for a long time because mm -hmm. of the food. But mother and all her technology can't understand that. She can't tell that the food that they're eating is radioactive, so it's killing them over time. Like, right. that would, should be a fundamental, if you're going to design a, a, a robot or a droid to nurture humanity on another planet, she's going to mm -hmm. be able to do a lot of things, which includes making sure the food's okay. A fundamental, elemental thing. Right. And she didn't. And she didn't know. Um, and that seemed problematic to me as well. Yeah, it's it's like for plot convenience they they omitted stuff or they they said uh, oh, what do we do about this? Oh, we'll just make it so you know they don't know that this thing is going on. And you know, I would think in the writing room it'd be like, well, how how would she not know? She's this, this uber powerful android, and and it's like, oh, don't worry about it. They'll go with it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how they would uh explain that away but it's um it's kind of stuff that it's it's the kind of stuff that bothered me in prometheus and covenant like those they would throw stuff in there and like well and a lot of questionable things like well why why do they do that or why why don't they know this or that and and it's just like uh you know we'll just we just have to roll with it or it's what ridley wants or something you know and i just it so it just makes me wonder um, maybe if there's stuff left on the cutting room floor that might have been interesting or if it's just again just a frustratingly unfocused and and uh, just uh, yeah just a storyline that was not uh, too many storylines and things that just weren't explored very well mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I, I I would say the last I mean Obviously, there there are quite a few things in there that I could talk about, and mm -hmm. I, 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 ultimately, I was disappointed because I always want to love everything, and certainly mm -hmm. Ridley Scott is back in science fiction. I want to see it. This mm -hmm. is the ostensible father of sci-fi, you know. And I was I had seen the trailers, I'd seen the visuals. I was like, oh hell yeah, this looks good. Um, yeah. 
and it just it wasn't and i uh, it, i always want to love everything and of course it's not always possible um <laughs> my last i would say comment i think on mother and her sort of technology is the eyes she had to keep removing her mm-hmm. her dead her her like her killer eyes and i'm thinking she's this high-powered droid she should be able to f- move within turn those off or like she shouldn't have to take out her mm-hmm. eyes and put in new eyes i didn't understand that too much like she yeah. couldn't she could kill with the eyes but and you can't look at her if she has those eyes in cuz she'll kill you um it was just kind of all over the place for me and it just wasn't working and i just felt mm-hmm. like if you're going to design whoever however much those uh, necromancer droids cost to design let's say they cost 10 million dollars each i don't know um, yeah. you would imagine that they're going to be able to turn on and turn off their their weaponry um without right. having to actually physically pull their eyes out it just mm-hmm. seemed it seemed and i think i'm missing something here with that there was a reason why that was happening and i can't remember for sure but whatever the reason it just didn't make sense to me yeah exactly and i i can't i'm trying to think through the episodes if there was any explanation for that maybe there was some one-off sentence like why they needed to do that but again i mean I don't know. I just, it, again, it just is all over the place. It's convoluted. And I just, not that they, not that they needed like a, a, a present real world example for it, but I just can't think of any technology where like, yeah, this is a computer. If you leave this thing in, it'll be more powerful. But if you take it out and put this in, it'll be less powerful. And like, well, why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. I'll just keep it more powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, just go with it, man. Do you want to buy it or not? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's just um, another strange plot point. I, I think maybe they wanted to do that to, cause maybe she, they felt she was overpowered. Like she was too, which can be a problem when you're like trying to write Superman too, like you can make him too powerful. Mm-hmm, so you have mm-hmm. to find ways to kind of weaken him a little bit, mm-hmm. like crypt, kryptonite and things like that. So maybe for that, it was just, well, she keeps her eyes and her more powerful eyes in the whole time. Then, then no one's going to stop her. I mean, she's going to just destroy everything and everyone. And um, so we have to come up with some way. And I just thought the, the different eyes was, probably not the best way to do it um you know maybe they're instead some way to reprogrammer or um some kind of weapon or something that can uh weaken or i i don't know but some something different i think would have worked better mm-hmm. it's the eyes thing you know and that one one part of the episode where campion like steals the eyes and I forgot if he buried him or was going to destroy him and the father got upset and found him. I don't know, but it didn't really go anywhere. It was just kind of um, just part of an episode. It was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. supposed to ramp up tension and it didn't do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if I have that much more to say on this. Um, and I, I was, on my end, I was thinking, um, like in terms of like my sort of final words, unless, do you have anything else that you wanted to, to, to touch upon? Well, I, given everything that we've talked about and me thinking over it, I, I do still want to give this series a chance and see where they go with season two. And again, the, 
you know, I definitely talked about, it feels like I talked more negatively about it uh, in this episode, but there were some redeeming, you know, I've talked about some of the redeeming qualities of it. And again, um, I think Amanda Collin, and I don't think I gave uh, enough credit to, uh, I think Abu Bakar Salimi was father. Uh, he was great. They're both, I, I really want to see that dynamic and see how, how it develops more in season two. And I, I'm hoping season two is, uh, is just, there's less going on. I, I'm not, I should say it's, it's more simple, more simple, more streamlined. They have a more fo focused story and maybe just some better dialogue and um, yeah, kind of exploration of what's going on. And, uh, you know, but I don't know that, that, that flying lamprey thing at the end just was like, almost like a jumping the shark moment for mm -hmm. me, you know, just like, um, just disappointing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, uh, but again, it's, I don't know, it'd be, it's be interesting to get other people's take on it. Um, but I feel a lot, a lot of people feel similar ways that we do about it. And, um, uh, but just again, just like Prometheus, maybe a little less so with Covenant, but I have super high expectations and it just started off meeting those expectations, even if maybe even exceeding it a little bit and then just kind of dropping off off the cliff so mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I would say uh for me i think my question at the end was i don't really know what the show is about um right it was yeah. called raised by wolves and the premise was androids raising children that's really mm -hmm. not what the show is about um and at the end of of episode 10 i was like i i was just confused as to what the show was about um, and, you know, you had the whole Mithraics versus atheism and then Travis Fimmel's character, who was an atheist, sort of believing in soul, which is the God, but mm -hmm. there was no, like, exploration as to what's going on there, what's making mm -hmm. him crazy. There was no nothing. There was nothing given to us. There was a lot of questions, but they weren't even very interesting questions. They were just questions like, okay, we found this structure. What is the structure? We don't know. And then they mm -hmm. find the the elephantine mask with the we like all of these things are just piling up like oh 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 now there's a lamprey like there's no explanation to anything that we're given it's all just kind of thrown out there and nothing's really working so at the end of the show i was scratching my head like i don't know what that show's about and it's certainly not raised by wolves it's certainly not um the premise that they put forward um and right so if i were to say rate it between on a five star like between one and five stars, I would probably give it a two. Um, right. Yeah. Production design is great. Acting is, except for Campy and the little boy, um, mm. is top notch. Amanda Collin is almost worth worth it just to mm. see her perform. She's going to be a yeah. star. She reminds me a little bit of um, um, Love from. Noom. Oh yeah, yeah. Or and Numi uh, too for sure. Yeah. Sylvia Hoax, mm -hmm. I think that's her name. Oh There's right. A similar yeah. quality to them. They're both very like gripping and intense droids well mm -hmm. love isn't a droid but she's this manufactured thing there's some similarities mm -hmm. there um mm -hmm. uh, so uh, i wish i could give it higher rating i wish i could love it more than i do because uh, i don't love it at all and i probably won't i won't watch season two however what i'll do is if someone like hey no jamie you should watch this 
it gets really mm-hmm. interesting, then I'll watch it. But for now, I'm not recommending it. Right. Yeah. I again, yeah, from or I would follow right along with you. I'd probably give it somewhere right in the middle, you know, five out of ten or something like that. And yeah, it just needs uh right. It's, we just don't know. It's hard to say what the, the show's about. It's unfocused and it's just uh it it needs it needs a little bit more care and I think a little bit more thought as they I don't even know if they've started pre-production on season two or whatever, but they I think they need to kind of take a step back and say, okay, I think this first season we we try to do too many things and we kind of got away from maybe where we really wanted initially to go with the show and maybe this season we need to kind of scale things back a little bit mm-hmm. and and focus more on the characters and um developing that and those relationships and um yeah so i don't know we'll, we'll see what happens i'll be watching it and i'll i'll let you know if i oh, think sure. you should okay. watch it Thanks. I mean, <laughs> and in this covid world that we're living in we're not, i'm not sure when they're going to start production on season two uh, but I would agree with you. I think that they need to simplify. I think they need to work more on those scripts. I think the dialogue mm-hmm. and the characters need to actually be believable because they're not. And that's something mm-hmm. Ridley Scott struggles with a lot in his uh, late his work of late of the last few years is um, coherent and believable scripts and characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter what ideas you present. It doesn't matter how good it looks. If those fundamental things aren't working, you don't have a show. You don't have a film. Mm-hmm. And in my right. opinion right now, it isn't. it is not working. Um, although right. the show got really good reviews from a lot of critics, rave mm-hmm. reviews, and so uh, it is working for quite a few people. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely, if if it interests you, certainly watch it. Like I don't want people to be like, "Oh, don't don't waste your time." I do feel like, in on my own for my own part, I'm like, "Eh, I could have seen other things during that time." But right, it's in yeah. the world and it's available, and there's you know, um, everyone's at home. So go ahead and watch yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just looking at the IMDb ratings right now, and I'm looking at the episode ratings, and um, they start off really high. I mean, they're like 8.6, and then you get to the middle one, like 8.0, and then it drops like the last three, 7.4, 7.7, and then the very last one's a 6.2. Oh, shit. And, um, you know, and again, those are, you know, subjective fan ratings and, and, um you know but the uh, not professional critics but still you know i'm sure they all have uh similar views and similar problems with the way the show went and kind of fell off the cliff a little bit so it's uh yeah but i'm hoping you know i i'm hoping that it's goes it goes in the right direction i, I don't know what that direction is going to be uh I, I'm just really hoping for good things for season two because I know Aaron Kazakowski. I mean, he he said he already had this whole thing, like six season thing, planned out. And like, man, if you don't course correct big time, you're not even going to get past season two. If I mean, you know, it's going to be it's going to get canceled. I think, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you're going to um, maybe they got a ton of I don't know what the how many viewer viewership is, but I that's that's really how those things you know keep going and you're going to lose viewers if you keep 
I think if they just keep going in the same direction and start keep throwing stuff up, that uh, that doesn't work. Yeah. So I think uh, lastly, I'll say is I think there's an interesting dynamic happening where the showrunner Aaron, what's his last name? Gizikowski. Yeah. Okay. He was do- working on the show before Ridley Scott showed up. Mm-hmm. So then Ridley Scott showed up, came on as an executive producer and a director. And I feel like what ha- I think the show would have been very different if Guzikowski himself would have done it on his own. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was Ridley Scott sort of took over. His people mm-hmm. came in. His his designers, his his uh, art directors, his entourage, yeah, yeah. His total entourage. <laughs> his biz- the people who kind of shovel out films for him, you know, year mm-hmm. after year. And I think the show changed fundamentally. I think that uh, there was a lot in raised by wolves that might not have been in there if Ridley Scott mm-hmm. wouldn't have been aboard. Um, and I'm not saying yeah. it's just, oh, he shouldn't have been involved, but I think there's a dueling sense of direction going on. I, mm-hmm. I would love to know, and I don't know if we'll ever know, I don't know if uh, scruples or ethics would ever keep him from saying, well, this is the show I had intended. I didn't make the show that I intended. Right. Maybe it is a show he intended, um, but Possibly, there's certainly yeah. a coherence problem there for sure. Yeah. It's just, it is in my opinion, completely incoherent. Um, and so he we, and he wrote Prisoners too, the yes. Denis Villeneuve movie, which, which is, is a phenomenal movie. Yes, yes. And um, and that I mean that from beginning to end, that movie had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I kind of I was really hoping for something like that with Raised by Wolves, and yeah, we yeah. didn't get it. Right. Well, uh, I think that's it for us today. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. Um, and uh. We'll, I'm sure we'll be back again with another like kind of this is like this is like a uh, we're taking a break with our, our our formal shows right now. So I decided to catch up on some things. There's going to be interviews coming out, um, but we will uh, talk to you guys again. Thank you so much. And catch Ryan on Xenomorphing. Um, they have mm-hmm. Xenomorphing.com and they have a Facebook page and they have mm-hmm. Hivemind, which is their own um, podcast. Yeah. Uh, so check mm-hmm. them out there. Yeah, we bash perfect organism all the time. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Imperfect organism. Um. Yeah, right. Uh, That's true. All right, thanks, Ryan. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.